Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies, and I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be recording this today because it is November 30th and there is an eclipse today. There's a full moon in Gemini and there's also an eclipse. And this ushers in this amazing, amazing two-week period between eclipses that completely allows us and gives us the space to reinvent ourselves. Hence, the title of this episode is all about December 2020, and it is the necessary reinvention of self. And for those of you guys who aren't super familiar with what eclipses are, I think you probably know what they are physically, right? So it's when one, either the moon or the sun obstructs the other. But in terms of energetically, what eclipses mean is it's like the equivalent of being in a room. Imagine your life as a room where you're in a living room, there's all this furniture, there are all these people in the room with you. And then imagine that when the eclipse comes, then the lights turn off for a brief second. And then when the lights turn back on, you're in a completely different experience. The furniture has shifted. Some people are still in the room. Other people have left. It's almost like you snap your fingers and you're in a completely different understanding of environment. And of course, I don't mean this to be literally so. What I mean is that over the next two weeks, you'll be having a lot of realizations or epiphanies or new understandings about what's happening in your life or what's happening to you that perhaps you couldn't see quite as clearly before. So I think of eclipses as this amazing time to allow your whole perspective to shift and reset. And on a broader scale, what these eclipses are welcoming in for us is an energy that separates the energetic feeling of 2020, so everything that we have experienced in the past year, which has been so tumultuous and crazy and hard for all of us, and it ushers in a much lighter, much more future-forward 2021. You may have felt that it's been really hard to move forward in any significant way with any part of your life in 2020, I know I personally have been saying over and over again that I can't plan more than two weeks ahead on anything because I have no idea what's happening in the world. I can't anticipate what my work is going to look like, where I'll want to be living, etc. For instance, I spent March through July in Canada, where my husband is from, to get away from New York City because of covid And in July, I came back to our apartment in New York and I thought, you know, I'll just be here for a couple months. I'll probably go back to Canada in September. But it turns out that we have stayed here until December for a variety of reasons related to work, but also related to a house that we are renovating in Canada, which just keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed forward. And even with a trip I took this past weekend to the Hamptons with my husband and his brother and his fiance and our cousin and a friend, we planned the whole thing 
two days before we actually went because it was totally impossible to get anything on the books even before then because all of us just were so up in the air with our lives. And that's really been my feeling of 2020. Despite all my best intentions, despite the plans that I've laid, the goals that I've set, things have changed a lot. And it's felt like two steps forward, three steps back, really, really, really tough to make progress on certain things that I wanted to make progress on in the very sort of superficial material world. On the other hand, it's been this really incredible experience of moving forward spiritually on my spiritual path, my commitment to living a life that is in alignment with me. And so it's felt like everything on the inside is really moving forward. I've had so many challenges that have forced me to relinquish my ego and really think about who I am and who I'm becoming, it doesn't quite match up with what's happening on the outside. I feel like a totally different person, but the things that I thought would be the measure of that haven't necessarily come to fruition for me. So what these eclipses bring in is a feeling of a breath of fresh air. It's like opening all the doors and windows of your house after they've been closed and allowing a fresh breeze to finally pass through. You're just like, oh, this feels so good. It feels like the air around me is moving. It feels lighter. Part of that is that we have been experiencing eclipses on the Cancer Capricorn axis for the longest, longest time. Every eclipse that we've had has been on the axis, and this is the first that's happening in the Gemini-Sagittarius axis, which is really exciting, right? We're finally moving on toward new lessons, new lessons and new parts of your life, and it finally feels like, wow, I've been doing that same homework or that same lesson plan over and over and over again for the past year and a half. Wow, I can finally go on to the next module and learn something new. So my advice to you is to figure out which houses in your astrological chart Gemini and Sagittarius fall into. For instance, this eclipse today, November 30th, is at Gemini, eight degrees of Gemini. So just Google and you can find a YouTube video really easily. There are a million of them out there that's basically like how to pull up your astrological chart. And then by looking at the chart, you can see which house eight degrees of Gemini is in your chart. So for me, it's in my fourth house of home and family matters. And so I know that my responsibility here for this eclipse is to really focus on nurturing my home and family life. I had this wild dream last night that really was about all these things that I loved when I was little. So there was like banana pudding and Nilla wafers and different scapes from Virginia where I grew up. It was kind of this wild, really long dream where I felt like I was half awake and I woke up and I was like, wow, the meaning of this is that I need to be spending this next two week period focusing on doing all the things that I wanted in terms of home and family when I was growing up that I didn't get, but to do them now for myself. So look that up. If you don't want to do that, or it feels really daunting to learn how to figure out the houses in your chart, I highly recommend checking out Chani Nicholas. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. I actually think it might be Chani Nicholas. 
It's C-H-A-N-I and her last name is Nicholas. And she sells these really cool astro workshops. There are videos that you watch and you can do it by your rising sign, which immediately tells you what house these eclipses are taking part in. So if you go to her website, which is channynicholas.com and you hit shop, you can buy like, I think it's $28 to understand your horoscope for the next 30 days. So this one will actually be for the past 30 days because the eclipse is happening today and on November 30th. Check it out. It's really, really powerful. And it just gives you so much of a sense for what areas of your life will be affected by the eclipse. And just to give you an example, it could be any one of any 12 houses in your chart. So your first house is all about yourself, your physical body, your personality, Your second house is about money, your sense of worth. Your third house is about your day-to-day communication, what you're thinking about, neighbors, family, siblings. Your fourth house is about home, your immediate family. Your fifth house is about creativity, joy, play, children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I find it a really powerful way to be able to isolate what area of my life deserves and needs focus in my life right now. This is my little spiel on the eclipses. One last thing I will say is eclipses are always a really, really great time for purging, getting rid of all the detritus in your life that is holding you down. I am going to be getting rid of psychological and physical baggage that I've been holding on to. I'm going to be selling a bunch of my clothes to the real world with things I don't wear anymore. I just look at them in my closet. And I'm like, oh, it's just taking up space. I never wear this anymore. It doesn't fit anymore, whatever it is. And I'm doing a big packing up and a big clearing of my space here in New York. We're keeping our apartment, but we are going to be in Canada for the next couple months in our house there, spending the holidays there and a little time afterwards. So it feels like a great time to purge. So whatever you want to purge. It could be as simple as getting rid of some books that you have, or it could be getting rid of some mail that's been piling up or making your way through your email box that has seemed to grow and grow larger every day. Whatever it is that you need to get rid of, the eclipses are a perfect time because as I mentioned before, this is this new energy of ushering in fresh ideas, fresh sentiments, fresh projects. We'll be able to get a good start on everything. And part of this too is that we have had a ton of planets that have been in retrograde. We generally just hear about Mercury retrograde and even more recently, Mars has been in retrograde as well. But there have also been larger, slower moving planets that have been in retrograde all throughout the year. And so it's felt really hard to move forward. It's so much more about going inward rather than going outward and driving toward your goals. A lot of that is gonna start to get cleared up in December, which again invites in that new energy of, okay, what's a new beginning I want to take? What do I want to leave behind? What's my old narrative? What's my old story? And I'm just so excited for and so in love with December. 2019 and 2020 have been two of the hardest years of my life. And I'm just so stoked to be moving into 2021. January will be 1-1-21, the date, right? So January 1st, which is great. And in numerology, 
One invites in the energy of new beginnings. I'm so, so excited for that. I think all of us are craving some new beginnings. We're tired of the same old, same old that we've been going through, like a hamster on a wheel spinning around in circles. We can finally get off of that wheel and forward to new situations, new experiences, new learnings, which I'm so excited about. As someone who has a lot of planets in Aquarius, I'm always future thinking and it's been really, really hard to do that. I think I've talked about in this podcast a long while ago was that a lot of the planets have been piled up in Capricorn this whole year, which is highly unusual. And a lot of astrologers attribute COVID to this pileup of planets in Capricorn. And finally, 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 by the end of December, they're all going to be moving forward into the sign of Aquarius. For all of my Aquarius brothers and sisters out there, anyone who has a lot of Aquarius in their chart, you know that Aquarius is the sign of progress, of innovation, of the future, being individualistic and unique, a little bit quirky and rebellious. But Aquarians are always thinking, okay, what does the future hold? What's next? What can I do with technology? How can I impact communities of the future? How can I make this world a better place by moving it toward new directions in the future? And it's been really hard to think that way with all these planets in Capricorn. And finally, 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 the end of December, we will get that movement into Aquarius and then really we'll feel it in January. So if you have any projects that you are thinking of, particularly if they're related to doing things in a new, unexpected, surprising, or rebellious way, then I think you'll find that a lot of that starts to awaken and reinvigorate after these eclipses, after December 14th, and then feeling that especially on December 21st and onward. I am excited in case you couldn't tell from this really long spiel. What I think is really important to talk about when we're talking about new beginnings is to take time to do this necessary reinvention of the self. What do I mean by that? I mean that we are all growing and changing all the time, though we may not be consciously aware of it, or we may even be fighting it because generally evolution happens in directions that we don't ask for, right? That's why it's hard. That's why it's challenging, but that's why we learn from it. So I think taking the time during this two-week period of the eclipses before we start to feel this forward momentum and whoosh of future energy to really think about who it is that you're reinventing yourself to be. And I always think that our culture is too much focused on what are your dreams? What are your goals? I know that I am definitely a victim of that where I'm always thinking, what do I need to achieve, right? Because to me, achieving will mean that I've changed as a person. But rather, what we should be doing is instead of chasing our goals, is actually taking that energy into creating and reinventing ourselves because all the quote-unquote goals and the outcomes will flow when you take the time to look at yourself and reinvent who you are. So how do you do that? It's a very overwhelming and daunting proposition to reinvent the self, but you're already doing it. So know that. And what you're really doing here is you're just taking the time to consciously think about how that is. So I'm going to give you guys just three really simple props to journal with that cover this necessary reinvention of self. The first is going to be reframing something that you see as a failure 
or as a negative and to the real truth of the fact that it really served and benefited you. My example of this is, you guys know, I've been working on a book for a little while and it wasn't until June of this year that I really sat down and was able to write three long chapters. So I wrote probably about 12,000 words for this book. Most books are around 50,000 words, 50 to 60,000 words. So I wrote about 20% of this book. And it was this real labor of love. I was writing a book proposal And when I finished it, I submitted it to my favorite literary agent of all time. And she said, I love the premise, but it's too repetitive. What's the big through line here? And what I realized is that I couldn't just write individual chapters about different new age experiences I had had. So basically, I wrote one chapter on ayahuasca. I wrote one chapter on past life regressions. I wrote one chapter on water rebirth. So the idea of this book is that it's going to be a series of essays about all these different new age methodologies that I have tried that have really helped shape me as a person, sort of as a primer for people who are looking to dip their toe into the metaphysical waters. And I thought about this agent's feedback and I realized that she was so right that the story I was telling wasn't going to be interesting for people just to read these random essays that all happen at different points in time. What I really had to do was rewrite it to be chronological and to be more vulnerable and to be more open and to feel more like a memoir that involves all these disparate methodologies, but is actually tracking to that fundamental evolution of my life when I chose to leave the financial world of venture capital and to start my own business and to give up on this old paradigm of people who I had been dating for 10 years, you know, this same archetype, and to move on to something new and different, to choose something better for myself. So I was pretty depressed when I got this rejection note from this agent, but I also was so grateful because I knew that she was right. And then things got really busy with work, with reset, and I didn't start to rewrite the chapters again until November, so this past month. Essentially, six months went by, and I took a writing class that started in September that has been so tremendously useful. It's been a 10-week writing class, and I felt so creatively inspired to hunker down and to write three whole new chapters for my story the first three chapters, and to also apply to grad school for writing, which I'm really excited about. And in my head, I've been thinking about this as, oh man, this book is taking way longer than I thought. One, I completely overestimated myself. I'm really bad at goal setting. And two, I'm slow. I'm a failure. I'm not good at this. That's just not true. My reframe is that I'm persistent. I don't give up. And that's what separates people who succeed from people who don't succeed is that the ones who succeed aren't inherently more talented. They just keep going. They never give up. They always keep trying to learn. And also my reframe is that it's a lot of hard work to be evolving as a person while at the same time trying to birth a creative project out of those ashes. It's almost like trying to build a plane and fly it at the same time. And my reframe is that I'm doing a great job because I'm learning and growing and evolving who I am while I'm also trying to take the learnings from that and build it into something really beautiful that other people can benefit from. And honestly, the things that take the longest are the things that are worth the most. 
I love the phrase we've all heard, easy come, easy go, right? If you get it so easily, then it's not built on any foundation that is strong and lasting and you can lose it just as quickly. It's like people who flash into fame through a reality show or something like that. And it's just not tenable, right? They haven't actually built a practice that is sustaining for them. Or it's people who inherit a lot of money or win a bunch of money in the lottery. It's gone within a year and a half. Statistics show that if you win the lottery, then you're back to your same level socioeconomically within two years. So I am reframing this failure of feeling like it's not good enough, not fast enough, to actually that I am persistent, I am determined, I never give up, and those are qualities that I appreciate in a person, that I appreciate in myself. And what I am devaluing is overnight success, overnight achievement, I am realizing that that isn't that important, not for me at least, not in my world of values. And what I care about is that I never, ever, ever give up. And that's something that I love about myself. So how can you take something that feels like a failure and see the truth of it that is actually an amazing show of strength and resilience and capability on your part? To simplify this prompt, Let's just say, write in your journal now, what has felt like a failure, but truly is a vindication? So what feels like it's a negative representation of you or proof that you're not good enough and really to see that it is actually a symbol, an example of your strength? Now we'll move on to the second prompt which is around the idea of what is important to you and what do you value? The way to think about this or the prompt to write down is what did I value and think was important before 2020? And what do I value and know to be important now that 2020 is coming to an end? And I'll just repeat that so you can write this as your second journal prompt. What did I value or think was important before 2020? And what do I value and think is important now that 2020 is coming to an end? Before 2020, I had just started my business reset and we had a physical space, a studio Nolita, and we got all this really great press from the New Yorker, New York Times, Marie Claire, Self Magazine, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, I really care about making money. And I really care that people think what I'm doing is cool. And 2020 completely threw those values of mine on their head. It made it impossible because I was in Canada. I was away from my community and my network. I shut down my studio, which was really felt like the differentiator of my business. And now that 2020 is over, I've come to realize that what I think is important and what I really value is my own personal self-expression and my own personal sense of creative voice. And a lot of great things have come from that. So this reformatting of the podcast where it's just me for 30 minutes every week or so. And also I've made this big decision to apply to go get my MFA in creative writing, which will have me back in school at the age of 36, which is so crazy. I mean, 
In the past, I would have thought, I'm never going to go back to school. It feels like a giant pause on my career, right? Like, why would I take myself out of the work that I'm doing for two years to essentially incubate ideas and to press forward on my learning, especially when the business is doing pretty well right now? And what I realized is that what other people think in the way my life seems is not important. I want to go back to school to become the best writer that I can be. And there's nothing really more important than that. And then the second thing is that this year, my husband and I decided to move into this house in Canada to spend all this time and or resources to build out this house, apply for my permanent residence there, and then to make a commitment to splitting our time between New York and Canada, which really isn't easy because it means that we are now responsible for two homes and we're responsible for two cars in two different places. And our businesses are both really New York-based But family is really important to us, being close to his parents. And also for me, having a chance to be in nature and to have a little retreat away from New York is really important for my mental health. I need to be around trees. I need to be around nature on a consistent basis. And I'm prioritizing my own health and well-being, even if other people may not understand that. If they think it's strange to go back to school or they think it's weird to be living in a small-ish city in Canada that no one has really ever heard about before. But those are the things that are right for me. So think about what has changed within you and what now has emerged as really important and vital for who you are and who you're becoming And as a reminder, that prompt is, before 2020, what did I value or find important? And now that 2020 is coming to an end, what are the things that I truly value and find important? Great. So the final and third prompt for these journal exercises in reinventing the self, this one is really focused on you and who you are. What are the qualities about me that I valued and appreciated the most before 2020? And now, what are the qualities and attributes about me that I value the most now that 2020 is coming to an end? And this one is probably the most important because it fundamentally acknowledges that you have changed and you have grown and you are different. And Anyone who is listening to this podcast, I'm sure, knows all the ways that you have been challenged and that you have grown this year. That has been the theme of 2020, challenges that force one to grow. It's happened for all of us. And so really taking the time to think about how you have changed and how these experiences have allowed who you are to shine. And I would try to think of as many attributes as you can for the latter part of that prompt, right? So what do you value and appreciate about yourself now? And if you need some inspiration for what attributes you might value about yourself, you can check out an Instagram post that we made on October 25th that I will link to in the show notes that show you 16 phrases. These are qualities that you may not have thought of, right? So we all think about, oh, well, I'm smart or I'm kind, but what about patience and forgiveness and persistence and hope? These are all things that are incredible characteristics to claim as a person. So think about if you can actually write down 30 things that 
you value and appreciate about yourself now that 2020 is over. And it doesn't have to be a quality. It can be a way that you handle the situation or how you showed up for a person or the way you showed up for yourself. You know, it might be, I appreciate that I get up every morning and I do yoga no matter what. Or I appreciate that I text my friends and check in with them, whatever it might be. But see if you can get to 30 because it's really important for you to have a clear, crisp image of the person who you are And that well of attributes and qualities that you can draw on as you move into all this fresh, new, forward momentum and energy of 2020. So I really hope you guys enjoy these journal prompts. Please take the time to do it. It's a great way to reflect on the past year, move into the new year. I'm so excited to be moving into 2021 with all of you guys. If you liked what you heard here, please, please subscribe so that you know when the new episodes come out because I am not regular. I don't release them on a certain day at a certain time. I do it whenever the energy feels right and there's a new topic that I think is really important to share. And please share this on Instagram so other people can discover it. And everyone have an amazing eclipse season. I'm so excited to hear from you guys about what changed for you or what you let go of during this eclipse season. Enjoy it. This is going to be a really nice, easy week according to the stars. And I think the week afterwards too will be just so, so special for all of our individual lives. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Take care of yourselves. Listen to yourself, love yourself, and always say yes to life and life will say yes to you. 